Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag Today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. This is the Hat Soil Health Podcast, and we're doing today's show in front of a live studio audience here at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. Uh, guys, that's where you're supposed to like jump in. I know I, I needed the sign that said applause, but in front of a live studio audience at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. And uh, we're doing this right after the presentation by Rodney Rulin, and Rodney's uh, coming to us today. He just spoke and gave a great presentation on what's going on on his farm. Uh, first, Rodney, let's just give us uh, give us a little bit of your background and what you know where you farm and and, and some of the things that you covered in today's presentation. Yeah, thank you, uh, Eric. I'm uh, Rodney Rulin, farm in Arcadia, Indiana. I'm part of a uh, partnership, Rulin Enterprises, with. Uh, uh, my cousins and uh, we've been no-tilling for a long time since the early uh, um, 90s we started no-tilling we've been doing cover crops for about 15 years and so basically today I was just talking about the benefits that we've seen to soil health from long-term no-till and cover crops and and some of the uh, really dollars and cents of what that's benefit us. And we definitely want to come back to that part, especially the dollars and cents, because since we've started doing this podcast, it's one of the big questions that we get. You know, can we put dollar signs in here somewhere? And and some people have not been able to. So I'm glad that you're going to be able to shed some light on that. Also here on the podcast today is Jerry Rayner, the state conservationist with uh, USDA and NRCS. And you guys have a lot going on here at the show. Obviously, you've got folks here speaking about uh, some some soil health and and obviously spreading that word is tremendous. We also have your rainfall simulator over in the corner there that, that folks are, are, are doing. Uh, I'm just going to let you have the floor here for a moment and just talk about some of the things that are going on at your level, trying to spread this word and get it out there so that folks really kind of start to pay attention a little bit more to some of the conservation efforts that, that your office is looking to try to get out there to the public. Uh, the best way we can spread the message of soil help is word of mouth. And, and, and Mr. Rulon just did a great job at, at pointing out the benefits of soil health, but also the economic value uh, of utilizing that practice. A couple of the things that, that we've been working uh, really hard to do is, one, as you said, Eric, how do we get that message out? And here at the Farm Show, we are doing soil health demonstrations. We are running the rainfall simulator. But come see and, and listen to the farmers that are doing the presentations, and, and this is practical application for them. That They are putting this, all, all of this technology and science to work on their farms. They're seeing the economic benefit. They're able to measure that. So there is a way of putting a dollar value to what we're doing, and, and that's the best way to do it. We, we are working with universities. We're working with Purdue University uh, along with NRCS and our economists as well. There are areas we struggle at how to put a price tag on, on some of the components of soil health. But if the farmers can uh, uh, continue to track what they're doing, look at those economic values, uh, and the, any of those areas, just like soil erosion, uh, putting a price tag on what, what would that loss be to, to our farm, that, that to me, that is the best way of saying this works 
we know it works. I can continue to do it because I see the economic value. But then the next step is how do we get that message to the other 70% of the farmers who are not uh, uh, moving in that direction at this point. Well, and we're certainly hoping to help you with that during this Hat Soil Health podcast. Again, it's presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. And, and we keep going back to this dollars and cents. Let's go back to the beginning here a little bit, Rodney. So uh, talk a little bit about your story and how you got started with cover crops and and how uh, important it's been for you to track all of this data. I just saw a whole bunch of data points up there in your PowerPoint presentation. Uh, how, how important has it been to keep track of that data to be able to track what's working, what doesn't, and really what led you to, uh, to start doing this on your farm? All right, so... Uh I think the key on our farm is just to uh, to look at our background. You go back to uh, my my dad and uncle, the previous generation on the farm, were uh, were both Purdue AgiCon uh, graduates, and uh, we, we've all they've encouraged us all as we we've come uh, down really into another generation after me at this point that's joined the farm, and, and we've all put a value to everything that we do. We, we evaluate what we do and, and say, is this a, a good practice that makes sense for us on our farm? So in order to do that, that involves putting out some tests. So, so every year, this year we had, uh, uh, gosh, probably in excess of 60 test blocks on the farm. Uh, the, the advent of technology, which is also highlighted here at the show this year, is uh, is tremendous. It's made it easier to put out those 60 blocks, but it still works. you still got to track them. You've still got to make sure things happen and all that. But but I always encourage everybody to really get involved. So, so when we started with cover crops, we didn't just one year go out and decide, let's do the whole farm, right? So, so it's a big investment. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. So when we started, we started splitting some fields and and we used some uh, some equip dollars in in the early years and looked at some um, you know some cover crop mixes and things that we weren't sure you know this is quite a bit of money and we don't know if we want to to do that but equip programs helped us out and so we put those out and we started seeing yield benefits and those side by sides and things so so validating on our farm has has always been really important for us whether it's cover crops or fertilizer or no-till or or what it is we've always tried to to validate for us that yeah this works and this is the best economic decision for for our family uh to make for the long term and at the same time um what we found more often than not is that very often the the best economic decision and the best um, conservation decision can go hand in hand more more often than people think. So that's been uh, been kind of the source of our inspiration to go out and tell people about this. And let's talk about that for a moment because a lot of farmers we hear, you know, I would like to start doing cover crops. I would like to start doing this. I'd like to start doing that. It's no secret that we're in some tough times right now from an economic standpoint for many farmers. Uh, most, I would say. And how can they go and start doing this is, I mean, you're, you're proving in your presentation up here that there is some return on investment in this. It is just kind of that initial lump sum to get started, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lump sum to get started. And, and really for us, it's, it was as much of a commitment as time, you know, your time resources sometimes are even more valuable than, than, than the uh, cash resources. And, and so, 
uh, again, we just split some fields. It doesn't have to be a big investment. Um, there's programs. You've got, uh, I know around us, there's a couple different watershed programs that will help cover the cross, cost of the seed. There's um, NRCS and soil and water programs that, that will help with that. So, so if you go and you talk to your soil and water and your NRCS representatives, I imagine they're going to be able to figure out a way to help you with the, the dollars and cents of getting it done and getting it out there and trying it. But, but even if you, you don't want to go that route, there, it doesn't cost that much to try a little, right? So, so try a little and be consistent and just see how it works for you because that, that's a lot of what we did those first years. We talked to uh, people much older than I at that time, which I was much younger then than I am now. But, uh, um, you know, people that uh, remember doing green manures, remember doing five-way crop rotations, remember doing a lot of these things. And we talked to them, and they were telling us of the benefits and the things that we just weren't seeing anymore on our farm or we felt like we're, we're missing um, in, in the soil. And so they were telling us about these. So we put out. 40 acres and uh yeah it was a little bit of money but it didn't it wasn't going to break us either way right we didn't we didn't put out we didn't do the whole farm we, we just did a little bit to see and boy the crop sure looked good there the next year and so yeah it took us um probably six years before we were really wholesale into doing this but uh we collected the data and and just made a little investment you know you're willing to make investment into all all sorts of other things and and I think our data has shown over the years that, that the investment that we made in conservation and the investment that we made in building soil health has been one of the best investments we made. It's the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Rodney Ruland to my right, Jerry Rayner, state conservationist to my left, and we are doing this show today in front of a live studio audience, and I would encourage you. Oh, yeah, see, we got the applause this time. Perfect. If any of you have questions, raise your hand, come on over, just talk in the microphone here. I'd love to hear if you have questions here for Rodney or for uh, uh, for Mr. Rayner. We'd love to hear those questions. Jerry, Rodney mentioned some of these programs through NRCS. How can folks get in touch with folks in your office to start down this process of, of trying to work toward doing this and become more uh conscientious if you will of what they're doing to their soils well i I would suggest visit the local soil and water uh, conservation district office Um, the district staff and the nrcs staff there they're well versed in soil health and other conservation practices so that would be the first step get them to your farm uh, let them walk your land do a full assessment and then have that discussion about the things that you would like to do on the farm what changes you want to make? What areas are you having concerns with? And then we work with you to come up with a plan for how do we move forward. Um, uh, Rodney's just mentioned a couple of the programs and taking advantage of those. He's He was looking at adding cover crops to the farm. Well, we have programs that we help offset the cost. We don't fully cover the cost, but when you're thinking about trying something, it always helps if you can reduce that cost because we're not quite sure if that's what will work for you. Um, and, and that's the whole intent of the program for, for EQIP, the in, Environmental Quality Incentive Program. It's an incentive for the landowner to change their management style. Look at the new science, new technology, and decide, well, you know what, I would like to try cover crop. I would like to move in the direction of precision ag. But I'm a little scared. I see all the costs. I see all the samples you have to take. How do I do this on a small scale? Well, we can help with small scale or we can help with, 
you know, whole farm uh, delivery if you if that's your choice. But take advantage of those programs. Uh, I've mentioned to farmers in the past, it's a federal program funded through tax dollars, your tax dollars. Take full advantage of, of what you've put into the system. Allow us to come out, work with you, and, and come up with the best plan for, for us to move forward. For us, it's about it protecting the environment. Ultimately, we want to make sure farms are sustainable because we all have the same mission at the end of the day, and that's to feed this nation. So if we do a better job at getting that conservation message out, uh, Rodney can do a better job at protecting conservation and production uh, because it's about his livelihood at the end of the day. So, Yeah, and you know, coming back to this, Rodney, obviously I know that some of the motivation had to have been protecting that soil, protecting it for the next generation. We hear that from, from everybody, but, but being able to track that data, and I'm going to have you pull all of that data out of your head now. You don't have the PowerPoint right behind you. But, but let's talk about some of the different types of cover crops, some of the results that you've seen. And, and the, the title of your presentation today was about making organic soil matter pay. Uh, so, so you are seeing a return on investment on this stuff. Can you take us through some of the numbers and what you're seeing and getting back from some of those? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I think the real key here is um, we can call it organic matter. We can call it soil health. Really, it's uh, soil productivity, all of those things. But a healthy soil is more productive. So so organic matter is our is our number one indicator of healthy soil. So so we'll just start off right there with that. So let's just look at our organic matter on our farm over time. So I used to hear years ago that you can't change the organic matter. You're, you're stuck with, with the organic matter. Maybe you can make it go down, you know, with, with tillage, but, but you can't really, in normal conventional farming, you can't improve your organic matter. Well, through the use of cover crops, through the use of no-till, we have uh, um, soil tests over the last 25 years that ha- have proven that we can, right? So across the whole thousands of acres, 6,000 soil tests that, uh, that we review at any given time, uh, we're, we're pushing that curve up across the whole farm. So, so we are increasing organic matter. Um, if you look, if you go down to a field scale, it's typically in that one percent over ten years or more that we're able to increase the organic matter, um, which was uh, even back uh, years ago. Some of the old no-tillers that started in the '70s they told us that was possible, and we didn't we didn't believe it. But um, it really is, and with cover crops, you can even speed that along and, and increase. Uh, you look at guys like Gabe Brown. Uh, um, uh, Dave Brandt, some of those guys that have done really intensive cover crop mixes, uh, including wheat in the rotation with cover crop, things like that, that really get you a lot of growth. Um, you can almost double those numbers. So uh, it really is possible to push the organic matter. So if organic matter is your lead indicator for us on our farm of soil productivity, of moisture holding capacity, of nutrient availability and cycling. So if we're able to push the organic matter, then it's almost inferred that we're able to, to push the productivity and the yield uh, of that same acre. So if we look at that, what we really are finding is that um, we're increasing yield um, over the the tests that we've been doing with Purdue and NRCS since 2011, uh, we, we're running an average of three and a half bushel of soybeans, uh, where we have a cover crop versus where we don't increase uh, over the whole life of the test. Over four soybean crops, we're looking at uh, 
um, around uh, 10 bushel of corn, I think, over the life of that test that we're seeing um, average benefit o- over that uh, that four um, four corn crops. So um, certainly there there is a real for sure benefit that you can see in yield. You can see the nutrient um, returns, the the um, water infiltration. We've got uh, um, data um, from uh, probes and soil probes that actually shows um, how the water is infiltrating the soil better where we have cover crops, how the temperatures are staying down in the heat of the day so there's less stress on the plants. Um, you know, all, all of those things. I mean, everything that you look at, we, we don't find very many things. Well, I've never honestly found anything I think that uh, that soil health or soil organic matter made worse, right? So what's the, what's the downside to this? Well, um, you know, you, I, I've talked to several people that said, well, um, I'm going to go ahead and do this because the worst case scenario, if I decide from 10 years from now that I don't want to do this anymore, uh, all I've done is raise myself to a higher level. I, I've now got soil that's better and will be more productive for longer than where I'm at today. There, there's no, I, I'm not aware of any data that says I increased my soil organic matter so my yield went down. I increased my soil organic matter so my drought tolerance was less. It's just not out there. So everything that we we look at seems to be a positive response to soil health. So we are pushing forward and trying to figure out the best and most efficient way to do that. This is the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm here with Rodney Rulin and also state conservationist Jerry Rayner. And we do have a question from the crowd as we come to you from the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. If you would, go ahead and introduce yourself and ask your question. Yeah, I'm Joe Rorick. I'm the agronomist for the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. Um, my question is, we often hear about cover crops being a long-term investment, and, and, they, and they are. And certainly in the long term, you do see benefits. But... Um, in the short term, um, what are the benefits that you see on your farm maybe when you pick up a new field or something? How do you integrate cover crops? And, and what are those, those short-term benefits that you do start to see pretty soon after implementing those? Yeah, so that's a great question because uh, a lot of times we, we look at the cost to cover crops and we look at how to cover it with these different programs and things, and, and we think that, well, that money that I put out there in cover crops is just gone the first couple of years because it's a long-term investment. That's not what we see most of the time on our farm. We really see a response almost immediately. Um, in general, even you know new farms that we, we pick up that haven't been in a soil health system, we're trying to get that going. A lot of times uh, we'll get enough yield benefit to more than pay for the cover crop um, right in that very first year. So, so it, it is a long-term system. It's something that you've got to be committed to to get, to get all the benefits and, and to really build the organic matter and start to see these structural changes and all that. But the, the benefit of capturing sunlight year-round, the benefit of stimulating biology and, and the things that that does within the soil in a very short period of time can actually be financially significant right off the bat. All right, well, uh, my thanks to Rodney Rulin and also state conservationist Jerry Rayner for joining us on this edition of the Hat Soil Health Podcast. Uh, it's been a fantastic event here at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo, a fantastic presentation. And you give these presentations quite a bit around at different places. Uh, is, there, is there a place you have anything 
I mean, obviously, you need an agent, right? So you can get around, get all these things. Do, do you have anything else booked that folks can come find you here soon? Um, we're, we're doing some soul health seminars coming up in uh, in January. I don't have the dates uh, on those. I'll try and post them. We do have a uh, rulonenterprises.com is our farm website. So I, I try and keep some dates up there uh, uh, when things are are scheduled where we're going to be talking and things like that but certainly keep an eye out i most of what i do i work through the uh the nrcs and the soil and water district so certainly if they're uh having a meeting in your area i would encourage you to attend and jerry thank you again so much and, and again uh the, the best way to reach folks in your office or get access to the resources you provide visit your local soil and water conservation district office um Visit the websites for your county offices. I know they they have uh, links there as well, and as well as USDA, NRCS, um, and and farmers.gov is a great place to to start uh, visiting. Visit that site. It gives a lot of background information on a lot of the USDA agencies that offer assistance to farmers. This has been the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it again next month. Again, this was presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.